Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to Uncut Sports Talk, featuring your host, Rhino. Brian Cashman. I've known for a long time that you have no clue about baseball, and you literally go into a little room that's set up Moneyball style. You got four-eyed Bill in there, reading off algorithms about players' talents, successes, whatever you guys punch into those things, you know, skills. But for Christ's sake, can you move away from the computer one time and let me enlighten you on something? We won 100 fucking games in the regular season last year. 100. We got our tits absolutely blown off in the postseason. And let me enlighten you on something else. Judge Blaine and your co-host, Paz. The NFL is a joke. Um, the players, I feel bad for the players, honestly. Like, there's a lot of guys that probably, uh, you know, there's a lot of guys on that New Orleans team that, you know, are, are the 53rd man on that roster. And that extra $75,000 that they would have gotten for going to the Super Bowl, um, you know, in terms of the playoff checks, is probably a huge deal to them. I feel really bad for those guys. Um, I don't really give a shit about the, the the top guys as much, obviously. But, I mean, like, lives are changed. Careers are changed. Um, you know, even the coaches, too. Same thing. Like, there's a lot of those ancillary coaches that if they get their, you know, their their offensive line to the Super Bowl, maybe they're up for a... You know, a, a an offensive coordinator got a job somewhere, or you know, something like that. It's it, it's it's just a, a a snowball that starts at the top of the mountain and just completely continues gathering momentum, gathering growth until it it hits the bottom guys, and unfortunately, those are the guys that suffer. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the uh, Uncut Sports Talk featuring Rhino and Friends Saturday College Basketball Game Day Show. I'm your host, Rhino. I got co-host Posny. What's going on tonight, today, this morning, buddy? Good morning. Yeah, this morning. Nice to uh, wake up Saturday morning, ready for the uh, Slady game today. Yeah, man. You're going to Sixers game today? Yes, I will be in attendance at the Sixers Trailblazers game today. Who's favorite? Uh, I think Philly by, I think Philly by two. Hang on. Okay. Okay. That should be good. They have a nice uh, nice team this year. Say hi to JJ for me. Love him. Yeah, Still we'll listen to this two podcast. And half, two and a half is what I see. I see two and a half. Arguably, in my opinion, best Duke player in my time, at least. Um, well, when I wasn't in diapers, there's a couple more that were up there, but he's the best player in my time. Anyway. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's open up the... We open up the slate. So three big games today in terms of ranked versus ranked, or is there four? Four big games today, ranked versus ranked. One of them kind of not so much just how their, what should I say, team has transpired in many different ways as they usually do in terms of Kansas. But uh, neither here nor there. Three other three or three other big ones um, go in time order as always. I have, I believe, I don't know, we'll go over it. Four plays, all small. Uh, pauses a couple here, and uh, same thing as always. So we open up with a 12 o'clocker, um, Virginia visiting Louisville. Um, I'll say now I, I'm going to give out – there's three games that I, I, I'm not playing for the spread-wise because all the teams are on the road, um, which makes it a little tough in my opinion. 
um, to play the points, but I am going to build a money line round robin parlay around them. Uh, this is one of them, and that would be Virginia in case I forget for later. So, number three, Virginia visiting number 18, Louisville. Louisville won, has won just once against Virginia since joining the ACC in 2014, going winless in its last seven attempts against Virginia. Saturday afternoon's game won't be any easier. Number three, Virginia will be looking to extend its series dominance against 18th-ranked Louisville team that is reeling after a 7-1 start to ACC play. The Cardinals blew the infamous 23-point second half lead to Duke last week and have dropped three of their past four games after a 69-49 loss to Syracuse on Wednesday night. I'll add they almost uh, dropped another one to Clemson in the final minutes that they had wrapped up also, uh, which would be their only win in those last four. Louisville offensive struggles cannot come at a worse time as they'll be facing the nation's number one scoring defense, Virginia, which allows only 54.6 points per game. And held Virginia Tech, who lives and dies by the 3-3 three to three for 28 behind the arc. The Cardinals made just 6 of 28 shots from behind the arc in the loss of Syracuse and are shooting 35.6% from distance this season. The 49 points were Louisville's lowest output since losing 68-46 at Virginia in March 2016. Mac, coach for Louisville, will get his first crack at Virginia as the Cardinals welcome the Cavaliers to the KFC Yum Center for the first time since last season's painful loss when DeAndre Hunter banked in a three-point uh, three-pointer at the buzzer that gave number one ranked Virginia at the time a one-point win after Dang Adele traveled along the baseline on inbounds play with 0.9 seconds left. The Cavaliers have not lost, an AC, a, lost a game this season to a team other than Duke, and they are tied up top the ACC standings with the Blue Devils and North Carolina. Louisville will be Virginia's fourth-ranked opponent in its last five games, and the Cavaliers will be looking to post a 4-1 record over that period with a chance to move back into the number one spot in Monday's AP poll. For Virginia, uh, as mentioned, only blemishes are to Duke twice, beat a okay Virginia team by six last time out, um, only beat a bad Notre Dame team by six, beat North Carolina at North Carolina by uh, eight. That's a good win. Uh, went to o, uh, OT with NC State at NC State, ended up winning that one by one. Uh, beat Virginia Tech earlier in the year at home by blah, 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 less than 30. That's uh, 21 or 22, 22. And beat Florida State by 13. Those are really uh, – Maryland beat by five. That's a nice win. And beat Wisconsin by seven. Um, although I would say that Wisconsin and Maryland are probably two of the easiest matchups for Virginia because – Wisconsin gets dominated by guard play. Maryland has only guard play, and you would think Virginia has the better guards at this point in time in Maryland's youth. So, Virginia, um, some nice wins, but nothing great. Uh, Stat-wise, Kyle Guy at the top, 15-4-4-4-2-2. Hunter, 14-8-5-4-2-1. Ty Jerome, 13-1-4-2-5-1-1-5. For Louisville, as mentioned, reeling right now. Have lost three of their last four. Got destroyed by Syracuse uh, at the Carrier Center or Dome by 20. Be a, I, I think they're good. The record isn't indicative of it, but beat a good Clemson team by one. Not great, but a good team. Lost to Duke by two uh, with that comeback. Blew a game to Florida State that they had wrapped up by five. Almost blew that one to Clemson, as I mentioned earlier. 
uh, beat a three-point shooting or three-point reliant V Tech by eight, lost to North Carolina by 10, beat NC State by seven at home, beat North Carolina by 21 in the home-and-home split, and dropped a game to Kentucky by 13, not that great, lost to Indiana when they were playing really good ball by one, uh, beat Michigan State in OT in a consolation game in an early tournament by four. Lost to Marquette in the semis of that tournament by three. Got beat by Tennessee by 11. So, really, the teams that they played that have good talent, um, that Michigan State game is kind of a toss away for me. You're playing three straight days in a row. Um, you don't see that unless you're in a conference tournament. And Michigan State is like, at that time, probably like, you know, who wants to be in this game? Let's get the fuck out of here. But, Neither here nor there. Um, I'll do their stats real quick for them. Uh, Nawaro, yeah, I would assume. 17-3-7-6-1-5-1-1. Sutton, 10-7-6-8-1-9-1-0. Cunningham, 10-3-2-2-4-9. I'll mention Anak, Stephen Anak, the center, 9-1-5-1. I I think, as I've mentioned earlier, I think Virginia is is down offensively. Uh, uh, Both Paz and I are kind of waiting for that to either turn around or we're going to catch on to. Uh, what seems to be not so much a correlation, but an ongoing trend here for them with the offense being down and playing hard defensively and, and getting maybe beat by guard play later on, hot guard play in, in the tournament. Louisville's guard play is absolutely atrocious. Every time that you know we thought, or I thought at least like last week, they'd be able to pull it out against a Clemson team who tries to beat you up inside so Louisville would get away with the bad guard play. They almost blow that one, blow the one to Florida State, blow the one to Duke. Um, as Paz mentioned at this time, it's just basically a fork in them. I don't like the five just because Virginia has a tough time covering spreads and I just, you know, their offense isn't going right now. However, I just, I cannot see Virginia drop in this game. I think the guard play dominates Louisville's guard play, uh, drastically. And, um, I will use this game as a, a no play in terms of the spread, but I will use it to build my round robins around. Uh, I'll take the money line. I'm not going to pay for the juice in a straight up bet, but I will uh, use it to put some juice into my, um, my round robin parlay. So for me in that first big game, um, it will just be a money line parlay, Virginia in a, in a round robin parlay pause on uh, the first one here. Yeah. um, You pretty much hit all the points. Uh, I don't really have much to add. I do really like the under in this game. I think this is like a, you know, 57-50 final score. Um, so I'm making the under in this game one of my plays um, just for a minimum play here. But uh, I will be on the under in this game. I, I just think that I, I would probably lean towards Virginia covering here as well. But um, like you said, it's just on the road, tough environment, uh, you know, with the way their offense has kind of looked recently. I don't trust them to cover a big-ish type number on the road. So I would just roll with the under here personally. And that's what I I'm actually, going to do. Yeah, I actually looked at the under myself too. And my only concern was I thought to myself, if they, Louisville, which I'm sure they will, get themselves into a situation where they start turning the ball over late, that's like exactly where Virginia excels. And then you get you get screwed by – you know, them throwing the ball away and Virginia getting easy layup points. I actually, I looked at that myself too. I was like, Hey, that's nice. And then I thought like, here we go. Like in the Clemson game, the last like three minutes were like 29 points. You know what I mean? Out of nowhere and a slow, yeah, no. you know what I yeah, mean? Absolutely. Up and down, I just, but I, I was with yeah, you. I, I, just, I, I, I thought the same yeah. thing myself. 
yeah, I just didn't love – I don't love, love, love anything today um, except for one game, which we'll touch yeah, on me too. probably in the next one. Um, so I, you know, not that I was scrapping for plays and not that I want, you know, I ever would advocate doing that just to make a play to make a play. But this was like my, you know, my second or third favorite play of, of, uh, you know, of the day, but it's still going to just be a minimum. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm not going to talk about this one and, uh, just, this is another one I'm going to build, which is weird though. The spread continues to go down, which concerns me a little bit. So I was going to also build around Marquette as another money line, um, for my, uh, round Robin I'm going to put together, but now they're all the way down to three or two and a half here. And they, they were open at five and a half. Uh, I had the spread at seven, 7.9. So I didn't want to play it, but, uh, I'm gonna have to look into this more. It might be a little bit concerned, but I did I did like Marquette uh, as another money line use for the round robin. But um, I don't know. Might have to look at it more. So don't don't uh, add that in if you know you're concerned about it. All right, uh, brings us to the another big one, uh, number five Tennessee at number thirteen LSU. Uh, Tennessee bounced back from its first SEC conference loss with a victory. LSU will try to respond the same way to its second SEC loss when it hosts the Volunteers on Saturday in Baton Rouge. The top of the league standings will be affected by the outcome between the Volunteers and the Tigers here. LSU's 82-77 overtime loss at home to Florida on Wednesday dropped the Tigers out of first-place tie with Tennessee and into a second-place tie with number four, Kentucky. The Volunteers fell to uh, 86-69, to Kentucky last Saturday, snapping their 19-game winning streak, bounced back with a 58-46 home win against Vanderbilt on Tuesday. The loss to the Wildcats dropped the Volunteers from the top spot in the AP rankings. Tennessee coach Rick Barnes said he had been telling his players for two weeks that they were ripe for a defeat because they weren't improving at the rate they needed to, even as they were winning. However, he said he was pleased with how his players responded to the loss the Volunteers first since an overtime defeat against number two Kansas on November 23rd. I don't know how he says that when they could barely beat a Vanderbilt team. Anyway, um, Barnes said he was pleased with his team's defense against Vandy, I guess, but Tennessee shot just 41% from the field, um, just as it had against Kentucky. The Tigers are also trying to bounce back from a subpar shooting performance, primarily on free throws. They had their worst conference game at the foul line, making 64%, 16 of 25. It's not terrible. Uh, one player who didn't have any trouble with foul shots was God Skyler Mays, who made all four of his on his way to a team-high 18 points for the Tigers. All five Tigers starters scored in double digits again. The Tigers followed their first SEC loss, a 90-89 to home setback against Arkansas on February 2nd, with a four-game winning streak that ended against Florida. LSU could mitigate the effect of the loss to Florida by beating Tennessee, which would put the Tigers back into a tie for first and give them victories against their top two competitors for the SEC title. They won at Kentucky 73-71 on February 12th. For Tennessee, uh, two blemishes. One to Kentucky, got absolutely buried, destroyed the entire game, lost by 20, and they lost to Kansas when they did have Ozenbaki, uh by six in OT. Really have not played a soul. Uh, they've only played two, uh, three ranked teams all year. Beat the Zags by three. Uh, the, the Kansas loss I mentioned and the Kentucky loss I mentioned. So they played three ranked teams the entire season. Lost to 1-1 in OT. Um, not, I'm not going to rip through the whole schedule, but uh, let's see. So I guess Florida, if you want to consider that a good win. I don't. They have the worst set offense in the NCAA, in my opinion. They beat them by 12. Um 
and they beat them again at uh, at Florida. I watched that game. They looked terrible in that one, too, Tennessee, by 11. Um, we had a guest caller. I know I bring it up all the time. About six, seven weeks ago, said Tennessee was overrated. I'm starting to be with them. Uh, I am not impressed. A lot of these teams that they should just, like Mizzou, they should destroy by 40. They win by 12. Florida, they should beat up South Carolina. They should murder, um, win by 13. Vandy, they should murder, win by 14. Um, just not really all that impressed with Tennessee. I continue to move off of them. Grant Williams leads the way, 19-1-7-6-3-3-1-2-N-1-5. Schofield, 16-5-6-3-2-3-1-0. Bone, 13-2-3-1-6-5. Turner, 11-2-2-5-3-5-1-1. Bowden, 10-8-3-2-2-4. LSU, same conference, obviously. Uh, that's a bad loss to Florida, in my opinion, by 5 OT. As we've mentioned a million times, they've played 26 games, right? 27 games. 20 of their games have been determined by nine points or less. They have one, two, three, four, five OT games. And I forget the stat. I think we're somewhere around 13 games by five points or less. So um, this team just doesn't put teams away. They also um, – and then lose close ones, too. Um so, uh, you know, I don't know. This, for me, uh, I'll do their stats real quickly. Uh, Waters leads the way, 15-7-2-9-5-9-3-0. Reed, 13-8-6-6. Mays, 13-2-3-0-2-2-2-0. And Smart, 10-2-3-2-2-3-1-2. Uh, this is going to be a big watch game for me. I don't really like either of these teams at all. Um, I want to see more of both of these teams. I haven't got to see LSU all that much. I've seen them maybe five times. I want to see why they continue to be in these close games. Uh, do they go in spurts where they don't score? Do they go in spurts where they just don't play defense? Um, and I just need to see more of what this Tennessee team is all about. Um, I guess they good record, but they should be smoking some of these teams by way more than they are. Um, I just don't love this conference, and I, I want to see if I'm going to be completely off this Tennessee team where I have them trying to get beat in the first weekend to get some extra seed points uh, against them, or if maybe I play them going forward. Um, I do think they have a, um, what should I say, a starting five that is a mismatch for some teams. So I would take, I'll take LSU at home here. Um, but this is a, this is a, this is a watch game for me. I, I think I, I don't, I don't really like either of these teams. Uh, pause on this one. Yeah, I'm I'm on the opposite end of you here. I really like Tennessee in this matchup. I think that they want to prove that they are, you know, deserving of a a number one or, you know, number two seed. I think they bounce back here um, and sort of, you know, realize that their schedule is, is ramping up and they're going to be playing some, some tough games here. Um, LSU is a tough place to play, but I've seen them a few times. I don't like them at all. Um, I, I don't like them. I, I like them less than I like Tennessee and I don't really like, I don't really love Tennessee either, but um, I, I just think that Tennessee is the far superior team here. I'm going to, I'm going to play Tennessee um, minimum play as well. But again, this was my, my second favorite uh, play on the board here. All right. It's uh it's my, it's minus one Tennessee. Do you just want the money line? I mean, there's really no reason to take, I mean, I guess if you minus minus one twenty is really, that means all that much to you, but. Yeah. You could just give me the money line. Okay. All right. 
Yeah, the other one, the under was a minimum too, right, Paz? Yeah, both of those are minimums. I'm going to have a bigger play coming up. All right, cool. All right, um, next big game also will be my first uh, play. Uh, just like Paz, I, I didn't love this card all that much, and I um, – Despite this being our, right, this will be our last show. Yeah, so despite this being our last show in terms of, you know, being able to use the 250s and 500s I have left, um, and same thing with Paz, I, I don't think I will be using them. Maybe Paz will later on, but I, I'm going to, uh, I didn't love the card enough to risk 250 on any of these uh, or whatever I have left. But anyway, next big one and also first play, uh, FSU, uh, 16, visiting Carolina, number eight. Number eight, North Carolina, uh, has a beat Duke without Zion, is now tied first place in the ACC. To guarantee staying amid the teams at the top, the Tarles must take care of business Saturday against number 16, Florida State, in Chapel Hill. There will be the team's lone regular season meeting against each other. The Seminoles are the hottest team in the league with eight straight wins, marking the most consecutive victories in the league games in the program's ACC history. North Carolina is... Uh, Reeling after an 88-72 victory of the Blue Devils without Zion Williamson on Wednesday in Durham. Now it's up to the Tar Heels to refocus from that win. Wait, yeah, at, this this is wrong. At 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 home against another rival. Entering the weekend, North Carolina shares first place with Duke and number three Virginia. Meanwhile, under the radar, Florida State has put together the best stretch in the country as it has risen again in the polls. Florida State is receiving a team best. Uh, we'll go over that later. Um, on the defensive end, the two bigs make a huge impact for Florida State. They could present a challenge in the lane for the Tar Heels, who were who produced a season-high 62 points in the paint against the Dukes bench. North Carolina's interior scoring came despite shooting two for 20 from three. North Carolina has made a habit of residing near the top of the ACC rebounding charts, and again, the Tar Heels are tops in that category. However, Florida State has out-rebounded six of its past seven opponents, producing double-digit positive margins in each of the past three games. That's all part of what has helped the Seminoles create an, or that's all what has helped create an identity for the Seminoles to go to. Depth has worked to North Carolina's advantage at times too. In the Duke game, they were whereas post-game praise coming from the roles played by backcourt reserves Woods and Robinson. The Seminoles, who have won their past four road games, have already matched last season's regular season ACC victory total. North Carolina has had great road success as well, winning its first seven ACC games away from home. So the two conference losses for the Tar Heels have come at home against Louisville on the 12th of January and in, on February 11th at, against Virginia. Florida State has defeated visiting North Carolina. This is wrong. Florida State has beat, um, beat North Carolina in last year's home meeting at home. Um, for, <clears throat> let's see, for... Um, North Carolina, as we mentioned, they just took down uh, Duke without Zion and basically just went into the same exact offense Florida Florida State did when uh, Florida State almost beat them. Uh, Bolden is terrible, and when you could go in there and just absolutely pound um, the glass, uh, it's you know it's huge. Um, so let's see for uh, UNC Johnson sixteen seven five five two three one four. Kobe White, 15433-4210. Luke May, 15198-21. And Little, 9342. And I'll mention Kenny Williams because he's got a nice across the board, 8633-3710. Okay. Uh, beat Duke without Zion by a lot. 
Uh, lost to Virginia by eight at home. Beat Louisville by ten at Louisville. Uh, beat VTech by twenty-one at home. Beat NC State by eight on the road. Lost to Kentucky by eight at home. Beat the Zags by thirteen at home. Lost to Michigan by seventeen at Michigan. And uh, I mean Texas isn't all that good, and UCLA is obviously terrible. So uh, a couple good wins for North Carolina. Nice resume uh, for Florida State. Coming in two, four, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight straight wins coming into this one. Really haven't played anybody to to be all pumped up about. The only really good win, I guess, would be by five against Louisville and OT, and, and that took Louisville basically throwing it away. These other wins against the likes of Clemson, G-Tech, Wake, not impressive at all. It's the two worst teams in the ACC, and Clemson is a good team, but you know, not the record's not all that indicative. Cuse, Georgia Tech again in Miami, all not good, and Clemson again. Uh, lost to Pitt, that's a really, really bad loss. Don't get that one. And lost to Boston College, another bad loss. Only beat Miami by six. Um, and really the schedule, uh, they have a nice win against Purdue by one. That's a good win. Beat LSU and OT by three, but uh, I don't really like the schedule all that are there, yeah their schedule all that much eh. uh, could be better definitely could be a lot better um stat wise um i don't even i'm just gonna say muafundu i guess is his first name cabin gale cabin yeah cabin gale 13 4 5 6 uh also has a block and a half a game man 11 7 6 5 2 3 and forest 9 1 4 8 3 9 2 0 um I just I just think that North Carolina's body of work is a lot better. Uh, I think Florida State will will get exposed in this one. However, I don't love this North Carolina team all that much. I really just don't think they would do they would have done much of anything against Duke. Uh, got beat up by Virginia, and Virginia's not in their best form right now. Uh, I would have liked to see more from this Florida State team. I'm not impressed with an eight-game winning streak against the bottom three. Te- they literally played the bottom three of the eight, uh, teams in the ACC two times each, and that's how they have set six. So six of their eight wins, yeah, six of their eight wins come off the bottom of the ACC, and they lost the other two against the bottom of the ACC. So if you really go back to their last ten, they played the nine of the ten worst ACC teams and went, you know, eight and two. Meh. I mean, that's not all that great. So I'm going to take a small play. I had the spread at UNC 13 and a half. Spread is six. I'm going to have a small play, North Carolina, minus six for 100. Pause. Nice. I like being on the exact opposite end of a uh, of a wager for you, just for the fans. I actually, I really like this Florida State team. Um, I think North Carolina coming off of a big emotional win uh, will probably – have a little bit of a, you know, they'll come in with not the same intensity and, and, you know, everything like that. And this is a big matchup for Florida state. They know that if they, if they can go into North Carolina and beat them, that they're probably looking at a, you know, three seed, four seed in the, in the tournament. So I think this, this game means a lot more to Florida state than it does for North Carolina. Um, You know, just in terms of like players mindsets and things like that. So I, I think that Florida state can absolutely match them on the boards, um, you know, match them inside. And then Florida state has a couple of nice guards. Um, so I, I really like Florida state in this matchup, just in terms of the points. I think this is a, 
you know, one or two possession game max. Um, so I will take the points here, and I'm actually going to be on a uh, $250 wager with this one. All right, nice. Some rooting interest. Uh, FSU plus six and 250. Okay. Um, did, Ed, did you uh, want to talk about your Kansas State boys? Because I was going to pass it up. You have anything? Nah, there. Okay. Yeah, this game is. I, I won't even watch a second of it. I know I'll be obviously in Philadelphia, but I'll probably be back by the time this game starts. I will not watch. I, I will not watch one minute of this game unless it's you know coming down in the in the uh, you know the end of the game. It's and it's somehow close, but uh, yeah, they should win this game by twenty, honestly on their home floor. But I will, the one thing I will say is that they are playing Kansas on Monday night in Kansas. So this game might be a little bit of one of those look ahead type games. Um, Mm -hmm. So if it is a close game coming down to the end, I wouldn't be totally surprised, but they really should destroy this team. Okay. Uh, All right. I'll mention this real quick. Again, I'm not going to do a full breakdown for it. Another team that I will be putting into why round robin um, that I didn't want to take because of points because they're on the road is Purdue uh, money line. Uh, Again, this is one I had around 10 as the spread. Uh, The spread is only five, which again, crazy. Um, I've played against this Nebraska team all year and it has really benefited me with teams way worse than Purdue. Uh, Purdue beats them in such a matchup wise. They should absolutely dominate this team inside. Uh, I just don't want to take that high of a spread uh, on the road, but I will certainly use Purdue to, again, build around some round robin parlays um, also. So I, I will look into that Marquette game more. I don't understand why the line keeps going down. Tells me maybe somebody knows something about things that went on last night. It's always uh, indicative people kind of what follow these guys around see what it goes on um certainly possible i don't like that that's down nearly four points that's a lot of money on the opposite side coming off an opening line um but uh purdue and who's the other one uh, virginia are two teams i will definitely build my round robin parlays on and i'll take those money lines on both i, I just think purdue is very very sneaky statistically and they should absolutely dominate nebraska so uh no matter what i will have virginia money line purdue money line built around round robin parlays with my with other spreads and maybe Marquette, but we'll we'll I'll look into that. Uh my next play here. I know you guys hate it always on the ACC, but that's what I watch the most and know like the back of my hand. So I apologize, but uh it's what I do. Uh Virginia Homer, Tech visiting Homer, Yeah, Homer. I know exactly. <laughs> Virginia Tech visiting Notre Dame. Um Number 20, Virginia Tech is coming off a tough loss as it travels to Notre Dame for an ACC matchup on Saturday afternoon. Uh, Mike Breho, uh, Fighting Irish, shuffled another in a series of frustrating defeats this week by their biggest picture isn't nearly as rosy. Um, how not so bad was the Hokies? Okay, so yeah, Virginia Tech's, uh, lost to Vir- or Virginia Tech's lost to Virginia, not so bad, 64-58. Um, Virginia Tech was drilled by Virginia earlier in the week, which is why I was on Virginia in that game, uh, January 15th. So it improved the play defensively and the touted defense. I do think Virginia's offense is down a little bit. Uh, Buzz Williams also said that the team has taken on a different look since their fir- that first meeting against Virginia because Justin Robinson, the Hokies' second-leading scorer, 
uh, scorer, later went down with a left foot injury and is out indefinitely. That's right. I forgot he didn't come back. Yeah, that, uh, I forgot about him as well. That's a. I that's forgot. A really I thought I them. thought he was out for two or three games and he was coming back. I didn't know it, it turned indefinite, so something must happen. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, never mind. I'm uh, I'm not going to go through this whole thing. I'm off. He must have had a setback in rehab because I uh, he was it was supposed to be two games. He was supposed to miss one week and come back. All right, so scratch that. I'm glad we I didn't do the whole thing like I did last week for that Gonzaga San Diego game. I will not. I am not playing that game anymore. Uh, pass for me. Um, Okay, uh, next matchup. Uh, let's see, the spread go up here? Spread did go up. Okay. Uh, this will be, again, another small play for me, and I actually may I may toss it, but uh, I'll go over it because it's kind of where I want it to be, but not exactly. All right, number nine, Houston, uh, hosting USF, and they're going for 11 in a row. Don't really like this Houston team all this much, but you will understand why I'm on this game when I – break down the statistics for you uh for a south florida team that while looks great on paper at 18 and 8 uh not all that great uh number nine houston is on its second double digit winning streak of the season as it hosts south florida on saturday in american athletic conference game the cougars current 10 game winning streak came after the disappointment of their only loss january 9th at temple houston 25 and 1 has won uh, so resoundingly that its surprising success is no longer the primary talking point about the team. Now observers are considering the Cougars' national tamp- championship credentials. Stop it. Uh, their ability to defend and rebound, which, yes, is definitely huge. They are ridiculous on defense, and they rebound basically everybody, just like they did last year. That's why they went on that nice run in the tournament. Um no longer produces a rise among those accustomed to their style. What also resonates in Houston's ability to share the wealth and not be concerned with who gets the credit. Veteran guards Corey Davis and Martin Brooks, Brooks serve as the Cougars' only double-digit scorers. Houston has thrived because of its consistent production of its complementary players. Similarly, Cougars' gang rebound with ferocity. Brooks leads the team in rebounding, and Brady, Gresham, and Hitton all average over five rebounds a game also. And Ali... Giroux and Robinson, their starters, all average over three five rebounds. So they basically have seven, their seven players all average over three and a half rebounds a game. It's pretty impressive. Um, Houston owns the third highest rebounding margin in the NCAA at 8.2, plus 8.2. And Houston is allowing opponents to only shoot 36.4% from the field. Not all impressive in the conference, but uh, as a whole, yes. The Cougars manage only a 35-34 advantage on the boards in their first meeting with UCF. Squeezing out a 69-60 victory in at UCF on January 19th, Houston shot just 40% in that win, missing 10 of 13 three-pointers, and it marked a rare occasions rare occasion when Houston didn't just get enough to win. UCS, UCF stepped out of the conference on Tuesday and cruised past an NAIA team. Why they're playing NAIA teams is is I don't even know why. Uh, beat them by 31. Great. In a game that replaced the December 9th matchup at Charlotte. There you go. That's the reason. Uh, canceled due to the storm. Sophomore David Collins and redshirt uh, Redu did not play against Florida College to let other players have a chance. I mean, shocker. Collins leads the team in scoring, and Redu is second. The Cougars will be seeking their 33rd consecutive victory at home on Saturday. For South Florida, uh, this conference is absolutely terrible. There's no doubt about it. South Florida's played one ranked team the entire season. 
that win has come against or that loss uh, and they lost to Houston by nine. That's the only ranked team they played all year. They have losses to Georgetown by three, awful Citadel by three, awful Tulsa by three, awful Temple by two and OT bad Cincinnati by eight, not terrible, but not great. Uh, lost to UCF by 13. That's bad. And lost to Temple again by one in OT. Um, I am looking through here. I cannot find one win to speak on this UCF team. Like their schedule is absolutely pitiful. Not one. Um, Stat-wise, Collins 15-4-3-7-2-1-2-4-2-1. Pretty nice stat sheet for Collins. Uh, Redu 13-8-3-8-5-7-3-0. Uh, Yetna 12-2-9-9-1-0-1-0. Already mentioned their schedule. For Houston, uh, also hasn't really played a lot to speak of beat Cincinnati by seven good win um and beat LSU by six that's a good win beat Oregon by four good win um besides that also nothing to speak of their only blemish against a Temple team that as I mentioned a couple shows ago like I had to look into more Temple they have a lot Temple has a lot of sneaky wins against some uh, some quality opponents maybe a team that will shake things up let's see just where they stand real quickly we got a little bit of time here 19 and seven. So they might, they, they might get into this tournament. They, they have some sneaky wins here. Maybe uh, something more I have to look into. They should be on my TV more often just because of my location. I'll have to watch this team and see, uh, as I, I, I said, this something, I forget who I was on a couple of weeks ago, but I noticed the same thing about the temple team. Uh, some nice quality wins uh, uh, for them. So I have to look into them more, but, um, and then for Houston stat wise, Davis fifteen seven three three two eight one zero, Brooks fourteen one six four zero nine, Dijon eight three three nine three zero. As we mentioned, every single guy uh, actually even goes deeper than the seven. One two three four five six seven eight nine. All nine guys that they play that average over fifteen minutes, average over uh, three point three rebounds a game that's a lot of rebounding um and they have a lot of distributors too they got five guys over an assist a game uh and three of them over two a game so uh look i just think uh they go to ucf not the easiest place to play ucf is pretty good about packing the crowd in both football and basketball they have a nice little following beat them by nine there i just think a spread of 12 is um is is should be easy enough for Houston to cover here. Um, what I will mention, so UCF has the 219th offense, 36D. They played the 226th offenses in the NCAA and the 193rd defenses, whereas Houston's 35 on offense, 11 on D. Still hasn't played great offenses either. I mean, middle pack, 184, but they played much better defenses at 70. So having a, an offense like that, a rebounding margin like that against 75th best Ds, uh, I will take UCF – or I will take Houston here, minus 12, small play, 100. Um Spread went up a little bit. I it was at 11 when I did it last night, and I was going to go a little bit of a bigger play here, 250-ish. But um, now that it's gone up, I don't want to risk that much on on that big of a spread. But I, I think 12 is, you know, maybe a, a 15. I'll probably be flirting late, but maybe a 15 to 17 point win here would make sense to me. I, I just think they they dominate them on in all facets here. Uh, pause. Anything on this one? Uh, no, I just I would lean the same way that you are um, obviously talking, saying the same points that you would, where they dominate the boards, um, you know, dominate inside. So I think that a, a, a comfortable, uh, you know, 
15 point win here would probably be about the case. I would lean Houston, but like you, I wouldn't, uh, I don't even feel comfortable enough to put a minimum play on this, uh, you know, risking a huge spread like that against a team that I really, I really don't know yet. You know, I, I have to see them play a couple more times. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, last big game. Basically got two games left here. Did I, have I gone past anything positive that you wanted to touch on? No, right? nah, not at all. I'm, okay. My card is, you know, in terms of betting card is, is done, and I don't – we're going to touch on the other two games that I would even, okay. you know, want to mention. So, uh, you know, keep going. All right. Last, I guess, semi-big game, although, um, you know, we'll get into it. Kansas is obviously missing out of Zimbabwe. That's not anything new. Uh, Vic is away from the program. As I mentioned last week on the show, I don't want to be repetitive. Not sure if something's coming down on Kansas. Not sure if something's coming out about him. Uh, really don't know what's going on there. Bill Self is always in trouble. He's one of the scums of the league, as I mentioned last week, or the scums of the MCA coaching-wise, always in trouble, always with allegations. Um, so uh, not so big from that standpoint. But Kansas still holding tough at 12. Uh, I think the conference is crazy overrated, so I'm not all impressed with them, and I will be a super against. Texas Tech I don't really like at all. Their offense is um, okay at best. Um, I the Last night when I did this, the spread was 6.5, and, and I was going to take Kansas in the points. I just think that's a lot of points to, to – um, to be giving up, but now it's down to five and uh, that's too short for me. So um, I would have taken Kansas. Uh, I'll still take it just as it's a big game. It won't be a play, but uh, if you want to play this game, you felt the need to Kansas with the points for me. Uh, and I'll do a little thing here. So Kansas 12 has looked more spirited and cohesive of late winning three straight games to remain in the thick of the big 12 race. The Jayhawks after a week long layoff will be back in action Saturday when it faces uh, number 14, Texas tech uh, in Lubbock. The teams are tied for second place in the big 12, one game behind each, both one game behind Kansas state. While some might've viewed the layoff as an unwelcome pause in momentum, Kansas bill coach self did not have to evaluate anything more than the condition of his top player, Diedrich Lawson to realize the off week was beneficial. Lawson, a transfer from Memphis leads the Jayhawks in scoring and rebounding. Additional time off has also provided sophomore guard Garrett more recovery from an ankle injury that has kept the Jayhawks' top defender out the last five games. I forgot about him. Self said Thursday that Garrett likely would be a game-time decision. So that also plays in the fact. I mean, if Garrett doesn't play, I'm, I'm completely off this game. If he does play, I will uh, stay on the five-and-a-half for Kansas. Uh, still, there are questions as whether Kansas can maintain its newfound rhythm, which developed without Garrett, uh, Vic, and Mbaki. And sophomore guard Silvio De Sosa is, oh, God, ruled ineligible, but he hasn't played all year. Uh, Kansas can extend its string of 10 win seasons of conference play to 25 by beating Texas Tech, although the extension of a 14-year streak of the Big 12 championships is a more important priority. Big 12 position can be gained or surrendered depending on the outcome. The Red Raiders already split their season series with Kansas State. The Jayhawks will play host to Kansas State on Monday after falling to the Wildcats uh, on February 5th in Manhattan. Texas Tech has won four straight and also is coming off a week-long break. The Red Raiders are 14-1 this season in their arena. The Jayhawks thumped the Red Raiders 79-63 on February 2nd in Lawrence behind double-digit double figures from Lawson and another forward guard, Akioi. Stingy defense has been the Red Raiders' trademark. They've limited opponents to 36.1% shooting and 57.2 points per game, both marks ranking 
as tops in the Big 12. They're in the four-game winning streak. Texas Tech has averaged a 24-point margin of victory. Sophomore guard Jared Culver is a beast. I'm not even going to mention his stuff. Uh, for Kansas, Lawson at the top, 19 10-3, 1-9, 1-2, 1-1. Great numbers for Lawson all the way across the board. Vic is out. Ozenbaki's out. Brings us to Dotson, 12-2, Also nice numbers across the board for Dotson. Okiaki, 10-8, 5-2. It's really it. Um, there's really nobody else to mention there. Uh, for Kansas, eh, beat West Virginia, TCU, great, great. Oklahoma State sucks. I mean, all those are bad. Lost to Kansas State. That's a, uh, you know, uh, at Kansas State. Kansas State's just better than them, plain and simple, in my opinion. They lose them by seven. Uh, beat Texas Tech at home by 16. I'm not all impressed. Not high in this Texas Tech team. Lost to Texas. That's a bad loss. Lost to Kentucky by eight. Tough one. Uh, beat Iowa State. Iowa State, shakiest team in America. I never know what you're going to get up for them. They probably should win today. We should well, probably both be on Iowa State because every time they drop one, they win one. So probably both positive. And I should actually get on Ohio State, but uh, neither here nor there. Um, beat TCU. I, I I hate that TCU team. I, I guess that's a good win. Beat Oklahoma by seven. And then the other game is tough to mention because they had their full complement, like a win against Michigan State, Tennessee are both great wins, but they don't have that team anymore. Uh, beat a bad Nova team. Lost to Arizona State. That's a bad loss. Um, for Texas Tech, again, don't love the conference. Baylor, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, West Virginia means nothing to me. Lost at Kansas, uh, sing, uh, shorthanded. That's, that's a really bad loss by 16. TCU Arkansas means nothing to me. Lost to Kansas State by 13. I mean, that's you know more than you should lose them by if you're a good basketball team, as you claim. Lost to Baylor by 11. That Baylor team is not good. Lost to Iowa State by 6. Beat Texas, Oklahoma, not great. Beat Kansas State. I believe that game was at, uh, without Wade by 6. Should have been more if he, if he uh, was out. Uh, lost to Duke at the Garden by 11 and a game they pretty much let slip away, and they played nobody at all in their early stuff. Incarnate Wood, Mississippi Valley State, Southeast Louisiana, uh, USC, Nebraska, Northern Carolina, uh, stop, Arc Pine Bluff, Northwestern State, Albaline Christian. I mean, ridiculous. Um, awful. Uh, let's see. Kansas tw- still has the 29th best offense, 12th best D. They played the best offenses in America in the 12th best Ds. They have a nice it's, it's unfortunate they're shorthanded because they have a nice kind of makeup uh texas tech 67th best offense first number one day have played the 68th best offense 34th best D's. i'm not sure how because when you look at that schedule i don't know how um if garrett plays i'll take not i'm not uh not a play for me but if as a big game pick uh if if garrett plays i'll take kansas uh plus the what i say it was plus six now so i'll take kansas plus six that leads me to believe that just in the 10 minutes we've been talking here about them that garrett's out considering the spread keeps going up if garrett plays i'll take the plus six um there's no way texas i'll I'll take the plus six regardless i I just can't see texas covering six here uh pause on this one yeah i i actually i mean look this isn't a play for me i don't feel too strongly about it but i think this is a this is a statement game for both of these uh both of these schools. They know that they want to, you know, like right now they're kind of both sitting in that, you know, three, four, five uh seed for the the NCAA tournament. 
they know that this a win in this game will will very much help them proceed or whatever. So I think both of these teams come into this game and are just, you know, totally locked in. And I know Kansas has the, the rivalry game on Monday against Kansas State, but they know that, you know, moving forward, they need to basically win every single one of these big games or else, you know, they're going to be – the committee and everybody else is going to be saying the same things we're saying in terms of, oh, well, they don't have their team. They're not the same team. They're, you know, they're they're missing players, this and that. So I, I agree with you. I think this is a close nip and tuck game. So I would take the points. Um, uh, you know, I think Texas Tech probably ends up pulling it out in the end. Uh, but I, I would absolutely take the points here. I think this is a, you know, a same thing, one or two possession game come down in the end. And, uh, you know, both teams play pretty good defense. So I think that, you know, it's it's going to be sort of one of those defensive struggles. And I didn't even look at what the over-under was. Um, let's see. Uh, of course, my everything just crapped out. Do you have the over-under by any chance right in front of you? Yeah. Um, uh, one thirty five. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's. Uh... It's a tough number, but I would I would lean under. So in this game, my leans would be under and Kansas. All right. That brings us to our last one. Okay. Um, my, me, pause. I keep saying me, and I don't know why on the radio I, I speak out of correct English, but yet on when I write, I speak correct English. It makes no sense to me. But um, – Paz and I, well, so the game is the last one we got. And I'm sorry, I haven't gave the number out. I mean, six five seven three eight three one six nine two. We usually get a couple of callers on the show. I apologize for having given it out. You have any, want any of our opinions on any of the games on the slate that we haven't talked about or we had talked about, and you have a different view or you want to put it a bet or whatever. I don't, I don't care. You want to give us your card, uh, six five seven three eight three one six nine two. I apologize, I didn't give it out earlier, and now we approach the last one, and I. Uh, or do it. So Paz and I have both sp- spoke about this Wisconsin team uh, several times, and I, there's a big reason um, that I'm on this game, and it's really for the reasons that Paz and I have spoke about uh, multiple times um, throughout the the show, uh, or, or both of our shows, really. And uh, so I'll get to that in the end. Um, this would typically be a game that I'm not, I don't play, um, but. There's a, there's a really big reason on why I'm on this game. So, uh, Wisconsin uh, will look to secure a winning regular season record in the Big Ten play when it visits Northwestern on Saturday night. Wisconsin has dropped two of its past three contests but remains securely in the top half of the conference standings. The Badgers are coming off a six-point win at home against Illinois on Monday. Davison is one of three players with a double-digit scoring average for Wisconsin. Hap does the rest. Trice is up there, too. Um Stopping the trio could be difficult for Northwestern, but defense has not been the issue as of late for them. The Wildcats have allowed fewer than 65 points in four of their past five games, but have struggled on offense. Northwestern carries a seven. Pause. Can you look at the over/under just while I go through the rest? Northwestern carries a seven-game losing streak into Saturday's game, including a 63-49 loss to Ohio State in its last outing Wednesday night. Vic Law, who had 10 points, was the only Wildcat scorer to play in double figures. During the seven-game skid, the Wildcats have scored in the 40s or 50s all but once. 
The lone exception was an 80-79 loss to then number 20 Iowa on February 10th. A late three-pointer by Iowa's Jordan Bohannon sealed the Hawkeyes' comeback and left the Wildcats once again wondering how the season has veered so far off track. Northwestern coach Chris Collins is desperate to find a way to stop his team's skid. Long leads Northwestern in points and rebounds and assists. This is the second and final meeting of the regular season between Wisconsin and Northwestern. In the team's first meeting January 26th, the Badgers cruised to a 62-46 win behind 18 points apiece from Davidson and Trice. Northwestern is 9-5 at home this season, but has not celebrated on its home court since January 22nd against Indiana. Wisconsin is 6-4 and four on the road, including victories in three of its last four games in opponents' venues. For Wisconsin, um, dropped two of its last three, beat Illinois at home, should have beat them by more, beat them by only six. Lost to Michigan State, that's a tough loss by eight. Our good team, lost to a good team by eight. Uh, lost at Michigan by nine, another good team. Beat Minnesota, not impressive. Beat Maryland by eight. Nebraska, Northwestern, Illinois, not impressed. Beat Michigan by 10 at home. Lost to Maryland by four at Maryland. Lost to Purdue in OT by four. Uh, Penn State, Minnesota, Western Kentucky, not impressive. Beat Iowa by six. Lost to Virginia by seven. Stat-wise, Hat is the GOAT over there. 17-9-10-2-4-7-1-0-1-2. Great stats for Hap. Um, Trice, 12-5-2-8-2-5. Davison, 11-3-3-2-1-9-1-2. Uh, it's really it to mention for them. For Northwestern, they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven straight losses, and really only three are speakable. So Ohio State, Nebraska, Rutgers are really bad losses. Lost to Iowa by one, that's a tough one. At Iowa, too. Uh, Penn State, bad loss. Maryland by 18 at Maryland. Another tough one on the road. Wisconsin at Wisconsin by 16. It's another tough one on the road. Beat Indiana Rutgers, not impressive. Lost at Michigan again, tough one on the road by 20. Uh, lose to Iowa at home by 10. Lose to Michigan State by almost 30 at Michigan State. So uh, lost at home to Michigan by two. Lost at Indiana by two. Um Wow. Now that I look at this, I mean, North, I still, my premise is still the same. Um, Northwestern is actually looking at this. They've had every single road game that, or every single game they've had in the road has been against a ranked opponent, basically. And that's just, that's, that's brutal. Absolutely brutal. Um, but they haven't, they've competed in their home games, but really haven't been able to secure anything against anybody. Basically anytime they played anybody that's any good, they've lost the game. Um, uh, uh, Stat-wise, real quick, let's see. Law, 15-2-6-6-2-8-1-1. Pardon, 13-4-7-8-1-8. Taylor, 10-8-1-8-1-2. Uh, and that's really it for them. Um, Wisconsin, 41 best offense in the NSA, 6 best D, have played the 11th best offenses and the 3rd best defenses. Northwestern, 188th offense in the NSA, 25 best D, have played the 51st hardest offenses, 16th best D. Um I actually I don't love this game as much as I did, but I'm still on this same premise. Wisconsin is in a situation that is an absolute. This is an absolute can't lose, must win ball game. Okay, they're in a slight skid. Granted, against great teams, uh, they're sitting at 18 and eight. They after this, 
the only game left that they have that would be a cakewalk is Penn State. That's it. <clears throat> Iowa, uh, Ohio State has played themselves into possibly being in the tournament. They're on the fringe. They have to play Iowa. Indiana is starting to play a little bit of better basketball, played elite basketball in the beginning of the year, have really faltered, still not an easy matchup. At Indiana also, it's never easy to go to Penn State. So besides this Northwestern game, the only game left that they have that you would think is a lock is Penn State. Let's say they drop the Indiana, Iowa, and Ohio State game on the road. Now you have, you're at 18 and 11. You're really flirting with having to make a run in the conference tournament, and in my opinion, is equal, if not maybe even better this year than the ACC, and to, get, to have your fate on the line for the tournament. I think this is a must-win game for them. They know that. And I just think the spread at four is really, really short. With that being said, <clears throat> after going through Northwestern's schedule there, um, they played all those teams at home pretty, really tough. And their losses are against really good teams on the road. So I think this game is going to be a little bit closer than expected. I just think four is really short in a situation where this is a absolute must win for Wisconsin, or they're really going to be in some trouble over the next four. Um, that's kind of my thoughts, and that's why I'm playing Wisconsin. Uh, what is the over-under pause? 121. Hmm. See, that's, that's, that's low. Uh, I do think this is something like, like right there, like, I, like a 60-52 type of game here, um, which would put me at like 112. 121 is a really good number. Um, yeah, so I, I can't play that. But I, I just just going through this again, I, I just, you know, North, like their defense, their offense is so bad, man. And Wisconsin should really shut down their O. Mm. All right. I'll bet I'm definitely taking Wisconsin small play minus four. No doubt about that. Let me think about the under a little bit. Pause your thoughts on this one. Yeah, it's everything that you said. Um, I think Wisconsin actually kind of rolls here. Um, I think they know that these are the games that they have to win uh, with the with how difficult their schedule is and how difficult the conference is. They, you know, they need to pack in the wins when they when they can, and you know, when they're not facing the Michigan States and Michigans of the world, uh, you know, and the Purdue's and whatever. Uh, they really need to win this game, and I think they will. Uh, I think this is probably not. I don't want to say it's not going to be close just because Wisconsin always plays close games because their offense isn't great, but you know, a not close game for them is like a a 10 point victory. So I think this is like a 10 to 12 point win for them. And uh, you know, I think it's like you said, I think it's like 60 to 50 or something like that. So I would probably lean under, but I could never take a number like 121 just because a couple of threes go down and that 121 goes out the window, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay, no uh, no play out for this for you on this game? Sticking with your three? Yeah, I'm just sticking with my three. Okay. All right, uh, I'll run this down real quickly here. So, pause. Um, Louisville – all right, let me get that for you also. I want to make sure I looked up for you. forgot. Okay. Okay. Pause. Louisville, UVA, under 126 for 100. Tennessee money line for a hundred and FSU plus six for two fifty for Rhino. UNC minus six a hundred. Houston minus twelve a hundred. 
Wisconsin minus four for a hundred. And I'm going to take, uh, William Hill's got me at 122. I'll hope for at the worst a push. I'm going to take the Wisconsin, Indiana under 122 for a hundred also. And as I mentioned, I will be building round robin parlays on Virginia money line and Purdue money line and possible Marquette money line. Those are the plays for Paz and Rhino on this Saturday, February 23rd, 2019 college basketball game day show. We hope you guys all have a good and profitable day. I will get the podcast out and ripped now uh, so everyone has everything before noon. That'll wrap up our college basketball game day show, February 23rd, 2019. As always, thank you so much for listening. From your host, Rhino, and your co-host, Paz, we'll see you on Monday, 8 to 10, talking about guys that are net worth of $6.1 billion going to $20 brothels. Have a good Saturday, everybody. Later. Enjoy the game, Paz. You too, man.